Mike check, one, two. Yeah, man. Got me? We you hear that? We're good, you can hear me. <laughs> we locked in, man. What episode is this? Number Is this nine? It's nine. Episode nine. Well, you know, man, these episodes have gone by quick. And we've done so much <laughs> in, between in, in between each one. Man, we do so much. Today was, we had our first camp, our winter break camp. This, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about these in, in episodes later too. But we talked about, um, Coach and I talked about a, a big week coming ahead of us in prior episodes. And this was that big week. Um, never mind the fact that we had to survive the year. <laughs> we had to survive it from a business standpoint, but this was our first new integration. Um, a camp and camp is a huge portion of our business and the success and the expansion. So this was the first one. And man, you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> Coach, you you a vet at this. You a vet, you do these things on the fly, but you know. Yeah. But as I get older, Father Time saying, man, it's Man. It could be time to hang it up. I know, I know. <laughs> that, that's why I played extra. I played it a lot of games this week. Every, I had a couple slip-ups. That'll be out on video soon. But, um, yeah. you know, what's most Amazing. important, though, is in all camps that I've ever been a part of, whether if I was in college and, you know, when you're a player, you're like a camp counselor and stuff, I'm undefeated with my teams. We don't lose. So, you know, I, I took I took my talents internationally. And my team, the Potato Sharks, <laughs> we ended up victorious on Championship Thursday. Great name, by the way. Yo, and name, let's, let's be clear. I had nothing to do with the name. Coach lets the kids pick, the, pick their name. And then after they pick their name, they get to choose what coach they want. And I got, I was, um, I'm humble, humbly appreciated that they picked me. Um, I messed that phrase all up. I know I did. That's <laughs> see, that's what happens when you tie phrases all over the place. But <laughs> it was a great week, man. It was fun. Great week, hot week. Because uh, it did get a little, even though it's December, it got a little warm a couple times. But great group of kids, great staff. You know, we made the best of the opportunity we had, and it was a, it was a, it was a hit. You know, yeah. it was a hit. I guarantee you. The next one we have, it's going to be a full capacity for sure. For sure. It was interesting putting this together in the first place because, I mean, we're in a completely different world, right? So camps here aren't like what we do. Not at all. And like not even in the least bit. So parents were like asking us questions like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and we're like, what? What do you mean? What are we gonna do? Like, we had them from for like five, six hours out the day, and they're like, you gonna play basketball five hours straight all day? And we're like, this is not an elite camp. This is just an all sports, have fun. Let's go off into the break camp. It's like, what is that gonna look like after day two, day one? They were like, can you please have it for two more weeks? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's um definitely. It was challenging for us to to get this started with all the the rules in place and, and and different things in terms of the culture and just the dealing with the parents in general because they just didn't know. Yeah. And they're just not used to uh a staff being engaging and, and, and being personable and, and approachable and 
and and genuinely you know sincere in terms of taking care of their kids and uh, they really appreciate that and um, as you can see from some of the comments that we've gotten yes that yeah they they really appreciate us and that's yeah. that that makes us uh you know feel good it helps us get through the week for sure you know what i love even more all the gifts, the gifts, got. yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's that's one thing about we working with kids, and when those parents see that you're genuinely there, they show love. So shout out to every parent that got us those muffins, the the the, the donuts. Obviously, they they've been listening to the jokes. <laughs> they got the donuts. We got some of the regional things, some dates, some um, some different cat uh, pistachios, cashews. Um, some chocolate-covered treats. It's everything. Just when you're bringing gifts, make sure you give them to me first. Because if I wait on Ryan to give, break bread with me, I, I'll still be waiting. They understand that I got to look out for my OG. You know, I got to help you because you don't always get in the gym all the time. You know, I can burn off those those calories and that sugar a lot quicker than you can. You know, they care about you. So they, so I'm, in the, I'm in the latter latter years, man. Let me enjoy myself. No, for sure. You know, it's, we got to have some type of discipline, though. But no, we are appreciative. Thank you guys so much. And as we continue, because we're always going to offer new things, new things that are going to require our parents to trust us. But um, I think we're building a pretty strong rapport. So again, thank you. And the kids, you guys are awesome. Like you guys were awesome. And, and we could tell that a, a lot of you were working through um, getting out of a comfort zone, just doing, being kids, you know? So that was fun to watch. Um, any highlights from the week? Just you personally, coach, what you've been reflecting on? How you feeling? Highlights of the week. You know what I'm going to bring up. Oh, man. You, you know, I'm going to bring up the, the final two minutes of our California ball game. Can, should you go ahead and just, just tell everybody what happened, please? I don't remember. Oh, you don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember. I have no clue what you're talking about. Um, do we, we, what is it? We're in an overtime situation. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, gotta, you gotta paint the picture like Hubie though. Cause you, you set it up real nice. <laughs> you set it up real nice. You no know? overtime situation, sudden death. And the first team that would make a kick can make it around without getting tagged. They win the game and coach Ryan's team goes up. We're, they, on, de we're on defense first. I mean, yeah, yo, we're defense first. yeah, and and I was like, yo, team, we just need one stop because you know I have faith in my team, you know. But, <laughs> he, he got into his serious coach mode then, <laughs> and so you know, a young man steps up, looks a little timid. He boots the crap out of that ball, man, <laughs> and taken off. And Coach Ryan happened to get his hands on the ball while this kid is rounding third base. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Coach is going to knock his block off. <laughs> and Coach winds up with all his momentum and <laughs> slips and falls on the grass. And this kid scores. And the entire camp goes crazy. Man. We couldn't have ended that any better. See, look, you know, two people can see the same car crash, right? The same car blow up on fire and have two different perspectives on it. So that's what Coach saw. What I saw was... You know, I got, I have a young man on my team that we both, you know, speak highly of and think is going to be, a, he's, a, he's a great young man already, but we think he can be a very solid athlete and basketball player. So he's on the left, on the left <laughs> side of the field and then first base. 
I'm on the third base side, and and he's my guy, right? So I'm looking. I call him before the, the young man gets to the base of the kick, and I'm like, hey, I know it's coming to you. I need you to be ready. <laughs> man, the young man comes, that you said, was looking like he was a little shaking. He boots it right over the head of the first <laughs> baseman, and he, before he even moves, he's just looking at the ball for like two seconds. By the time he gets the ball, um, the young man who kicked it is all already past second base. So I'm running over there like, yo, throw it, throw it, throw it. He throws it to me. And, you know, the backstory, <laughs> the sprinklers, <laughs> the sprinklers had gone on like 10 minutes before in this same area. So it was a little damp over there. So as soon as I turn around and throw and make up for the missed time, it's just it's murder she wrote. But... That's the, those are the moments that you can't script, right? Yeah, yeah. those are the moments, you know. And you don't make excuses either. No, you we just, took the L. It is what it is. It, the video is up on Instagram. It's a long video though. We gotta get to the end of it. But California ball is is great. It's great. We we call it. It's it's probably like four or five different names for it because right. we call it Matt Ball when I had it in summer camp. But it's one of those special ones. Um, but. Other than that, my highlight of the week is making it to the end. <laughs> it was it's been a long, long journey. Um, and we when we capped it off at a high note. So um, you know, cheers to that. As as our guy Luke would say, <laughs> cheers, mate. <laughs> uh, but let's get into some basketball talk. You know, NBA news preseason is rounding up. I think the first game is December twenty second, which is um, just about five days. Um, we won't have another episode release until at least not presently to talk about that. So um, by the time we bring in our new episodes, it'll be a few games in. So we'll have some things to look at. And I'm sure there'll be some big changes. But, you know, first thing first, Giannis. Giannis onto the compo. Hey, he did what um, I didn't think he was prepared to do. Based on the um, the signings they had in the off season, I mean, so either he's incredibly loyal, incredibly greedy, or incredibly confident that they have something else in the works. I also look at it like he's still young. Like if he's still healthy and he can get to the end of that contract at five years, what is Greek like twenty three or something, twenty four or right. something like that? Right. He's still young, so you know. Of course, you never know what's going to happen. True. When you're True. that young, you can go ahead and take that that money. True. And you know, I think that's. I think even beyond that, I think it's great for the league to keep Milwaukee because we we talked about it early. Those small market teams. We're gonna matter. So you still you got a top five player in the league, a Nike signature shoe guy, a MVP guy in Milwaukee and staying there for a while. That's healthy for the league. True. Like you said, I don't know if he's gonna win. True, I, you're right. We talked about that mid market. Um, the smaller market teams need to be relevant for the league to thrive. But and when I say greedy, I don't want everybody to think that he doesn't deserve his money. He deserves his money. I'm just saying, if it were me, after what the offseason looked like, I'm out. Because I'm, because I'm young, I know I'm going to get my money somewhere else. I, I don't know if I can do those winners in Milwaukee and yeah. keep taking these lumps like this. Well, 
Well, one, he couldn't get more than that anywhere else, though. Well, no, I mean and, over time. Yeah, but man, that's guaranteed. I know. And and know. you know the one thing about Greek that's different is that he's an international guy. True. They're, so they're, I think I think that's more loyal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he don't come from he don't know the difference per se to what it's like to live somewhere else. And I don't know, does Greece have the best winners? I mean, Greece is better than Milwaukee. Yeah. Way better than Milwaukee. Like it's not even yeah. close. Yeah. People go to Greece to vacation. Nobody yeah. goes to Milwaukee to vacation. Yeah. But I mean, I I think I think it's good for the league. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um they did adding Drew Holiday does make them more competitive. True. Right? I'm not going to say they're not, they're not pushing over the edge. But if Giannis is still there and you still have that core, you can put some pieces around it. The only thing that I'm concerned about is or, or, or going to focus on is how his game develops. Because when you get paid like this, you know, it's going to go one or two ways. Right? You're going to commit to the craft because you're like, nah, I don't have to worry about nothing else. Or you're going to go into, you know, a mode that some other players like, you know, some people argue that Westbrook just worries about his numbers because he got paid that 200 mil. Some people say that Harden just wants his numbers for money. So after you get paid, when money isn't the motive anymore and it's just about the game, then we'll see. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the older guy in the room, so you know, mm-hmm. whenever I say something about these guys getting this type of money, yeah. people say I'm hating. Yeah, yeah. I'm not hating. He, I'm just, he earned it, though, right? I'm just, yes. These yeah. guys, Giannis earned his money for sure. But I'm just, all, I'm, all I can do is compare it to other great players back in the day. Even though the money's different due to inflation, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know that stuff. But even though the money is different, it's a lot of money considering what you've done. Yes. And he, he has been MVP, but we're just talking about team success. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't – they flamed out early last two years, earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm just thinking that, you know, the league needs to revisit – on who gets these contracts. Because a guy like Giannis, you know, I'm always saying he is one of the guys, he's the face of he's one of the faces of the league, one of the younger faces of the league, um, the league's future. His contract doesn't really concern me that much. You know what I'm talking about. It's those other guys. Like a Gordon Hayward. <clears throat> Gordon Hayward, yeah. Man, who just got <laughs> injured. You know what what frustrates me is he's a guy that's injury prone. Right, but he didn't get that label. At least not from those those uh, GMs and executives. He had no problem. They had no problem cutting him that check. Right, and he hasn't been healthy in years right. at all. But you hear guys ready to denounce somebody else's market value, like a Victor Oladipo. Like I keep going back to that because I think that's well, insane. But man, well, let's 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 call it like it is. Talk to me. It's you know the difference between Gordon Hayward and Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo is a little more outspoken, mm-hmm. and you know Gordon Hayward is one of those guys. He's you yeah. know, he comes to work, doesn't say anything. He just goes to work, whether he's productive or not, and goes home. You know, a guy like Victor Oladipo is going to come, go to work, and if things aren't right with management, the team, or whatever, he's going to say something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and hold you, know, you accountable. And a lot of times, 
you know, those guys are labeled as disgruntled. Mm-hmm. But they're not disgruntled. They're just speaking the facts. The facts. You know, Absolutely. Everybody's got to pull their weight. Speaking of everybody pulling their weight, I think now the pressure's on the Bucks organization. Oh, for sure. No question. No question. No question. They, if they don't have something up their sleeve in, that's you know, working behind the scenes, they, I was about to say something that I can't say, <laughs> but they better be ready next year in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, quick moves, you know, because it's already questionable about some of the things that they've been doing so far, which is, which I never, ever want to um, talk bad about a coach because I'm a coach and I've made a lot of mistakes before. But we're talking about guys making millions of dollars, controlling a billion dollars on the floor at one particular time or another and losing a particular way each year in the playoffs mm-hmm. with, with the league MVP and he was the defensive player of the year as well. Yes. You can't lose a particular way losing yes. to a zone. You can't yes. do that. Yes. And and you pointed out that, you know, that same coach also has a track history in the East Coast right. with uh I mean not East Coast, of course it's out, but with Atlanta. The Atlanta Hawks, yes. Right. So he having those same type of track record. So eventually he's gonna be under the fire. Right. He's gonna have to make a decision to get some things together as well. Yeah. Well, well, everybody should be under I mean, yeah. when you have a team, when you have a, a generational player like Giannis and expectations are high because the team has been winning 55-plus games and you flame out early to teams that shouldn't be beating you in a certain manner that is unheard of in the NBA, everybody should be under the microscope. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fair game. You're all professionals. That's why you make millions of dollars. Your job is different than a guy – you know, working at average nine to five, making 65,000, he gets a little more leeway. Absolutely. You're making three or four million. Hey, you got to tell me something. Yeah. So now on the flip side, you got those guys that come in unheralded. That that sometimes, and I, I don't remember, I guess the last one that I'll put in mind, because he just got paid was Frank, Fred Van, Van Vliet. So where nobody expected him to have the impact he did on a championship team consistently too, right? Carrying some weight on a certain stance, and now you got paid for that. But now, you know, like I say, Laker Nation, we're here always and forever. I'm always going to shout that out. But I was watching our offseason, and I was watching that. We didn't go seek any wings. I was looking to see what we were going to do with Dion. I was looking to see what we were going to do with JR. Um we had no problem with Avery Bradley going. We kept KCP. Um, Danny Granger, not Danny Granger, shout out to him though, because he was a beast. But Danny Green was gone. So I was looking like, okay, we picked up Schroeder, we picked up Harold, we picked up Marcus Saul, you know, big time. But what are we going to do in the wings? We got KCP, cool. You know, I guess at some times we're going to play Caruso there. Right. I'm like, what are we going to do in the wings? We got, got your man. We we you got found somebody. We got we got THT is what they call him. <laughs> <laughs> THT is what they call him. I'm talking about Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I think he's from. Check it out, Ethan. Did he go to UNLV for college? I know that he's from Chicago. Uh, he went to the famed. Um, well, he went to Iowa State. Went to Iowa State from Chicago. 
Um, he graduated. He went there for 2018, 2019. So he's fresh. I think he. I think he just turned 20, Coach. He's young. Uh, yeah, very Probably. young. And for me, I remember him playing. I remember watching when he got drafted, and I remember him getting drafted. And immediately he was signed by Rich Paul. Right, Clutch Sports. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting, but I didn't see <laughs> nothing to it. Right. And then when he did, when he got picked up by the Lakers on the 46th pick. Um, after a trade um, from the from the Magic, I was like, okay, it's interesting, you know. And you know those type of things. They're they're backroom talks, and then I'm watching. You know, I watch everything when I think I'm watching the G League stuff. I'm watching the workouts he's doing with Phil Handy. I'm like, oh, he's nice. And then during the bubble, he had one moment where he showed off some things. And I was—I remember telling you, I was like, "Yo, he—he he got some game with him." You know, the eye test is different, right, Coach? Right, right, for sure. You look at see some different things. Right now, he coming off some big games. It's preseason. It is preseason, but it's the way he's getting it done. Right. He can play both ends of the court. You can put him in pick and roll. He got big shoulders, strong. And then we got our guy. Yeah, I mean. They knew something we didn't know. Yeah. So that's why they didn't go out pursuing anybody. And, and why not when you got somebody right here in your backyard? And, you know, I, I did hear the famous Skip Bayless downplay him today, just talking about, you know, what he did or didn't do in college. But he played at Iowa State, you know, and uh, not to knock Iowa State or whoever, but we all know that some guys are pros in terms of their game. And you may not get a chance to get loose in college because it's a system. Mm. So, you know, in college, you may be asked to do just one or two things. But now in the pros, he's allowed a little more freedom and his game has opened up. And we talked about on here, talked about that specifically on here, right? Like, there's no help defense. You got to match up. You know, you get that loose ring. If you got an advantage, go take it. Now the world is your oyster. Right. Yeah. So now what was interesting was because LeBron moving different. <laughs> LeBron moving different. He in an interview he was talking about how four years ago when when um THT was in high school at Simeon, legendary school in Chicago, great, a lot of greats that came out of there, was said that he went and saw the game, and after the game, he told Rich Paul, who was then his agent, he said, Rich Paul, you need to follow this kid. Right. For me, and my boys sent the message to me, um, because he's a big LeBron guy. LeBron is so different, man. LeBron is different. LeBron is at the top of his game in the league, still best player in the world, right? But he's he's making all these moves happen. He's doing all his media stuff, he's doing all his charity work, building schools, rebuilding Akron. And he's going out and finding the real hoopers. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, like if you're a real hooper, you're not going to get lost in the shuffle. Right. THT example, right? He's finding diamonds in the rough. But that's a part of his – that's a part of LeBron's mystique, though. He's he's not just one of the greatest basketball players ever. He's a mogul. He's got his hands in everything. Everything. Yeah. And everything he touches – it must turn to gold. Yeah, no matter how tough it is, right? Yeah. Even when it's not supposed to turn that way, yeah. right? So now when they get when we get this three P, <laughs> wow, three P, three P, three P, maybe back to back. I don't know three about piece. three P. Three P's, three P's. LeBron's gonna be forty three. It ain't gonna be about LeBron. Core, no, he ain't gonna be. He gonna be thirty nine. It's not gonna be about LeBron. 
now that we got AD, it's all about where AD takes it. You know, it's going to be a whole different space. It's like when Gary Payton got his ring when he teamed him and Shaq. It's like when him and Shaq got their ring when they teamed up with D Wade. Right. But but LeBron is still going to be high level. Like he's going to be able to average twenty three and twelve out of his bed, regardless of what year it is. Damn, those big numbers. And it's Bron though, right? It's <laughs> Bron, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but let's talk about what's the the most interesting thing in the NBA news right now. That man, the bearded one. James Harden. James Harden. You take this one, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not because I got to watch my language here because I, yeah. I got a couple of choice words to say about this. But, you know, all of the quote-unquote facts that are coming out now about who's been behind the scenes, pulling the strings for the Rockets the past couple of years, and – their so-called flame outs because they were the expectations were, were so high. You know, it's James. Mm-hmm. You know, and now he wants to jump ship. Yeah. No, no, man. You you were making the decisions. Now you gotta ride it out. Right. I'm sorry. Like I understand it is a business, but you put yourself in this position. Absolutely. It's interesting too, because you know they talk about the fact that Everybody on the coaching staff knew that if there was a little break or something, he was going to get on a private jet, break off, go party, come back, you know, handle his business, those type of things. He had control over who got hired and fired coaching-wise, you know, player-wise. And then you think about the fact that Chris Paul left, Dwight Howard left, you know, Melo was gone, and Chris Paul was there, and that was their best chance to win. Correct. And you decided to make that go? It makes me wonder, like, what are you, what's, what is your motives? What's your intentions? What really inspires you to play? Right. The thing that struck me the most was that once Chris Paul left and they got Westbrook, they're supposed to be childhood friends. You know, in childhood friends, you find a way to play together because you know each other. But if you guys can't make it work, then there's a problem. Who is that problem? And and he had the coach he wanted. Correct. Because clearly you had control over who that was going to be too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, right. You For had sure. the coach you wanted. So, but, you know, and I, I will say that the Rockets were as relevant as they've ever been since, you know, the dream was there. Right. So I, I give them credit for that. And I give T-Mac some credit too. T-Mac had it popping in Houston for a little bit before him and Yao. You know, y'all had that special mystique because he was coming from China and he was seven foot a hundred. But he was nice. <laughs> he was. He was nice. Y'all was definitely nice. Injuries, just, injuries yeah. derailed his career. Yeah, he y'all, was nice. Y'all, y'all definitely did have some things with him. I know my boy put him in a poster though. But when you look at this now and you see how much control Harden has had over an organization, top five MVP with every all the the um the reports coming out about how he went to parties and did all these crazy things in the middle of the season. Man, he was still averaging 30 pieces. Right. High clip. Shooting at a high percentage, doing his thing, right? So my question is what's next for Harden? Like what 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 situation do you think he lands into? Cuz I don't know if he gets to where he wants to, but what do you think He'll get to. It it depends on 
what he's after. We have no idea because he is so quiet when he is speaking to the media. We have no idea what his end game is. Yeah. If he's trying to win a championship, then he's going to have to reevaluate himself and go somewhere and allow them to use his skills to the best of the, you know, of his ability for the team. But if he's just if he's just chasing individual stats and, you know, getting his check, I mean, he could end up anywhere. Yeah. But who but who's to say you you have a young team that's, you know, you three or four players that are up and coming, who's to say they want him around those guys? Yeah. Because you know, you leaving on extended days off to go to other cities to party, even though you're coming back and putting in work, that still destroys chemistry of the team. And we, you know, we all know that no matter how talented your team is, chemistry means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think happens with um if you if you're Houston, balls in your court, um, and and I say right now, Houston has a solid team around him. If you top five, if you put anybody that you consider top five in the league, that's KD, that's Giannis, Bron, AD, that's him. If you put them on a team that's currently constructed with the Houston Rockets, I think all of them make that team top three with Boogie, with Wall, with those scoring pieces that you have around, Correct. with the tempo. I think that makes you a top three team, right? So if Harden buys in, if he just bought it, buys in, that could be a solid team. But if you're Houston, what do you do? What if you're the organization and you're looking at it for long term? What do you do? I I'd like to keep him if he's going to buy in. If he's not, if he's not going to buy in, which from all accounts right now he's not going to buy in. I got to get him out of there. I got to get him out of there. Be just because with Boogie Cousins coming back motivated, John Wall coming back motivated, and they have a solid team. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. I mean, yeah. you know. Make sure they pay, you know, my man Tucker. Man. They owe him a lot. PJ, man. <laughs> PJ getting lost in all of this. Yeah, talk, you you made sure you told me about this. You told me about this six months ago before stuff really got hurt. Yeah. What would what, what, you say? Yeah. You said, uh, that man right there, he playing center right now. This, <laughs> this small ball is sounding good on the coaching end, and he taking it on a 10. But at the end of the year – he gonna be like, look, you got me guarding Anthony Davis, the Joker, uh, Joel Embiid. You gonna have to take care of me. And here right. we are. Here they are, and now they want to play funny money with this man. You know, you gotta understand. Even though they fell short of their goals, he was a large part of them making it that far. Because there was a lot of sacrifices. I don't care how much money you make, you're playing out of position. And you're having to overextend yourself against those gorillas down there. You got to get paid for that. And this is a different type of playing out of the position in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like high school if you really a, a wing and you got to play center because you're the tallest on the team. But yeah. you were you were the cream of the crop, and you six six. <laughs> and you down there battling, and they got you front of the post too, King. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. You got a front of the post on Joel and B. And the way the game is played now, everybody's so spread. So you're on an island Man. by yourself. And we saw Tucker; he never complained. Not once. We just saw him ball as hard as he could. And the flip side of that is, on the other end, 
He didn't get the touches. And and without him getting the touches, coach, yep. he still was top five in the league in corner threes. Right. And as you all, as we always tell um, our, our hoop stars and those guys that come into the gym with us, spacing the floor and being able to, to hug the corners. Amir, Bilal, make sure you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say being able to hug the corners, you get paid for that. Yep. If you if you got if you make the defense commit, Harden can't do what he do unless he can sit in that corner right there. And there aren't too many people in the league that hit that corner three better than PJ. Right, right. You would think that even if they had no intentions of giving him that bag later on, at least let that man showcase himself and use him. Hey, if it's a mismatch on the defensive end with him guarding a monster, it's a mismatch on the offensive end because they got to guard him. Yeah. You know, let him eat a little bit. Hard, hard don't like that, though. Correct. Correct. <laughs> like okay. it's crazy to think that CP3 was saying that Harden won't even engage in offense if he is initiating offense. <laughs> if the ball is not in his hands. I'm like, man, that's like some egotistical, crazy nonsense there. But hey, everybody got their own. I I don't know how this plays out, but I don't even know what the vision of it could be. But I don't think if we let's say we wait ten games in, twenty games in. I don't think it'll be smart for Philly to trade Ben Simmons for Harden. I don't think that'll be good news. Um, but that's just all going to be contingent on how Doc can place them and, and work with them on the court and see how that works. But I don't think that'll be good. I know Daryl Moore is over there, but I don't think trading Ben Simmons to the Rockets and, and the Sixers betting on James Harden is a smart move. Right. I don't think him going to the Nets is a good move because, to be honest, I think the Nets are set to go already. And with the little snippets we've been seeing of KD and Kyrie, even though KD is going to be on a minutes restriction, man, that Brooklyn team is going to be the best team in the East in my eyes. I don't, I don't see a reason to break that up. <laughs> Unless, but as I said, you got to go 10 games in because we don't know what, what Kyrie going to do. Like I right. said, that's a wild card. It's always thirty games. I yeah. predicted it when he went to the Celtics. It was thirty games in. You know, they, you know, the the newness had worn off. Yeah, and they had a little downturn. You know, uh, four stretch of games, and and Kyrie went back to what he knows best. Yeah, let me get a bucket. Yeah, and so we got we got to see though. We got to see how that goes. True. Yeah, True. we got to see how that goes because there might be a way for them to. Because I think it's okay for him to get into that place of let me get a bucket. But I think what what was lost is the balance that you need to find in between that. Wait. So so it's the it's the compliment to where maybe he needs to realize that, all right, if if it is the if it is you going to get a bucket, then let somebody else make sure that it's it's being facilitated on the other side. That was the difference in Cleveland. He just couldn't take the ball out of LeBron's hands. Like right. you're not gonna do that. So, you know, but we'll see. But it's about Harden right now. All right. Yeah, it's about Harden. So I just want to see. It's interesting to me because where are you going to go, Harden? Where else do you want to go? Well, are you going to leave Houston? Yeah. Has he mentioned who his, his, I, his I, top destinations would be? They added um, the Heat, I believe. Okay. They added Miami, and they added uh, it's Miami, Philly, and in the Nets. All right, let's talk. And we, I may have heard of Bucks. All right, we mentioned. All right. We talked about the Nets a little bit. They, they're they kind of ready, set, go. We talk about Miami. That's a completely different animal. There ain't no leaving town 
on the extended off days. I'm sorry. There, I mean, even though you're in Miami, there ain't no being a man about town on those extended extended days either. Be just because that's not the type of organization they run. So, is he willing to change his entire outlook on how you're supposed to be a professional? Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Miami is different, right? And and we know Miami is different. And yeah. we don't have any clue on how it's really run. We just see the results. We we listen to how D Wade and Haslam and everybody talks. And if you're a basketball person, you know Pat Riley's mantra. You know what the deal is with, with Pat. You saw it with LeBron when they came in. Those were LeBron's best years. He was in his best shape. Everything. It was different over there. Now, like you said, <laughs> are you James Harden? You gonna make that commitment when you go down to South Beach? Like it ain't it ain't what you think it's gonna be, right? Like, and and you gonna be alongside Jimmy Butler. Yeah, it's again, it's Jimmy Butler and the organization. It's you know, it's a culture down there. I don't know if James is ready for that. Out of everybody that you mentioned, I could see the Bucks be being a more of a, mm, a fit. Um, comfortable spot for him because they're not used to having a star of his caliber in a long time. Right. You matter of fact, if if he teams up with Giannis, that'll be like when Big O and and um, Kareem. Kareem got together. That'll be big for them. It'll be interesting though because you got to give up a lot for that to happen. So, however, that you probably get a third team in there. I mean, I, I think the Bucks, but the but Giannis and and Harden been taking shots at each other in the media <laughs> all last year, right? Especially because Harden wanted those MVPs and he didn't get them. Could that work? We don't. I mean, and and could. the coach. You talk about the coach because he can't. I don't know if he can manage that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's a lot of question marks there. I mean, right now, you know, James Harden is in a a, a sticky situation. Where do you go? Man, we'll see. James Harden, you're killing us, man. We're going to see what's happening. Um, but I'm glad he at least playing. Because at the end of the day, I want Steven Silas to be successful. Right, right. You know? Sure. You know, he's, he's paid his dues. He's been in the league a long time. And uh, it, it's it's a, it's overdue. But it's, it's, it's time that he's got a chance to prove himself. Absolutely. You know, he needs all the support he can get. And I'm and I'm and I'm banking on the fact that um, John Wall and Boogie Cousins have big seasons this year, for sure. I, I feel good about it. Been watching it, watching the pace. I think they're going to have big years. So, um, and that's going to be great. That type of you know you can lean on them. That type of point guard anyway is going to make Steven Silas's job a little bit easier to manage, even with the turmoil. So I'm banking on that. But when we talk about Talking about point guards and John Wall, because he's not even on this list that we're looking at right now, and um, you know, that's a that's a topic of his own. Right for the soul, he's been out for two years. I, yes, I, I, give yeah, him credit I mean, for that. I give him credit for that. But but we'll go, we'll go. I, I saw somewhere on Instagram, I won't say the account's name, but they had the top ten point guards in the league going going into this season, <laughs> going into this season. And I'm going to go in order. Number ten, you got Kimball Walker. Number nine, you got Kyle Lowry. Number eight, you got Jamal Murray. Seven, you got Trey Young. Six, Russell Westbrook. 
five, Chris Paul, four, Dame Lillard, three, Kyrie Irving, two, Luka, one, Steph. And before we start talking about it, two of those people were injured and didn't play last year either. So, we, you know, we talk about keeping um, John Wall off that list. Let's keep that in consideration, that too, because we're talking about top point guards. But what do you think about that list there? Well, let me just touch on the John Wall situation. We all know why John Wall, regardless of whether he was injured or not last year, why he wouldn't be on this list. He plays for the Washington Wizards. True. Terribly run organization. True. They don't get any respect. So, you know, so guys like him who's put in a lot of work, they're not going to get their just due. But this list is definitely something that um, really intrigues me because it, it's not the order that I would have. What, what, what's your top ten? And it's and, and lists are always interesting um, pieces, right? Like the NBA, uh, ESPN, had put out a list that we did we barely even talked about because it was so egregious. <laughs> where where KD was the number six best player in the league and all this other, I'm not even going to talk about the rest of it, but when I, once I saw KD at number six, I just was, you know, I just stopped looking. I just stopped looking, but KG on KD on one leg is top three. What? Easy, <laughs> easy. Like you can't teach what he can do with, with the rock, right. but who are your top 10 point guards in order from 10 to one in order, 10 to one based on last year. On what I saw, I don't even just say last year. Just just the last I mean, thing you saw from them, because Kyrie didn't. You know, you know. You know well, just I mean, make, well, just the last thing you know. I mean, just truthfully speaking, Kyrie is maybe eight, nine for me. All right, go, 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 go with your ten. Then go with your ten. 10. Who you got at number ten? If I had to take this list right here, um, ten, I'll keep Kemba there. Okay. Nine, I'm probably going to go Kyrie because he's more of a shooting guard than a point guard. Eight, I'm going to go probably Steph mm-hmm. just because he's more of a shooting guard as well. Next up, was a seven? I'm going to go Westbrook. Six, I'm going to go probably Lowry. Great leader. Underrated. Great defensive player. Comes up with clutch shots. I mean, he just just comes to work every day. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that Lowry spot right there. He's unappreciated for sure. Yeah, because I don't see it. Five. I'm going to say... Let me throw Luca in there. He's young. He's carrying a lot of weight on his shoulders. And he's getting the job done. Then I want to go. Who's left there? Yeah, Trey. Trey. I'm going to put Trey in there right there. Trey, to me, is the the more modern version of Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. More more point guard like though. And then I want to I'm going to round out my top three with. CP3, yeah, because he's you know only because of age, but he's, he had an outstanding year last year. Mm-hmm. And then you know, who's who's left? Who am I missing there? Yeah, I know I got Dame, but who else is with Dame? Jamal, 
Jamal Murray, put him in there at number two. You were for real? Yeah, he. I mean, he was a monster in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, and he's talking about just off last I'm, year. I'm going by okay. what? Okay, that's, okay. We can't go off what they okay. did two or three years ago. Okay. And then Dame Dollar. Yeah. People okay. give him a lot of slag, but listen, the organization of Portland has been his downfall. Mm-hmm. He has too much in terms of responsibility without enough supporting cast. I mean, I know he has uh, McCullough and everything, but there are two smaller guards in the backcourt trying to get it done without a dynamic wing. Yes. You know, and a depleted roster. Yes. And they're, and they're always dealing with injuries. Dane gets it done. What's interesting, too, is we always talk, we talked about it, and we talk about it in various episodes about how numbers can skew views. Yep. I just saw um, Stephen A., Rightfully so. Talk about um, how you can't put Dame on Steph's level. I don't agree with that. Right. But he, he he said that based on the fact that, you know, last year Dame shot 40% from the three-point line and all the other different things. But, you know, Steph's been shooting that percentage for the last 10 years or so, right? And I, I'm one who says if you look at the, the game, we're not just talking about percentage from shooting from the three-point line, just the game and the way they play – Dame, for, to me, is a better player. Because what did you say earlier? If you switch them? You, you switch to switch situation, Dame is just as successful as, as Steph. I mean, people, listen, this is not, this is our opinion, of course. I want everybody to understand that. But Dame has been in a situation where he's had to carry the load every year. Dame has a bad game. McCullough better have a career night for them to even be close. Not a 20-point blowout. We're talking about to be close down the stretch to have an opportunity to win the game. Everybody is situational when it comes to the NBA. There's some players that are only two or three whiskers apart from each other in terms of being just as nice. And we all know it's about who's your, who's your supporting cast, who your coach is, Who's your Who's your management team? You know, certain situations like that can make or break you in terms of your greatness. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know, like, if we ever had the chance to speak on ESPN Blues Report somewhere, and we spoke these words, people would probably look at us crazy because yeah. you know it's pushing things different. Yeah. But the proof is in the pudding. When you're right. really looking at the game, Dame is a different type of killer, man. Animal. It's just different. And, it's and, just different. And you know, and I want to say this: this is not us. Coming down on Steph. Steph is a bad character. He really, really puts the ball in the hole. But Dame is is a beast. A beast. You know, we talked about this in other situations. And this is something we'll... This is a topic for later. Make sure you write this down. Think about the great Tim Duncan. Mm, Okay. Absolute animal. Yes. Some people say the best power forward ever. Think about this. What if Tim Duncan had been drafted to Minnesota and Kevin Garnett goes to San Antonio? Mm -hmm. Would we be talking about them in the same light that we are now? Think about it. Tim Duncan having to do more on his own now with less athletic ability. And KG being in a better system 
with all that athletic ability and intensity. You know, you know, bringing it back to that point of being in different situations, they asked Braun if he saw similarities in the Greek situation because mm-hmm. the Greek contract. Braun was like, no, I don't see any similarities at all. Right. And I remember I watching Perk talk and was like, the, one of the biggest differences is, is uh, expectations. As soon as Braun got to Cleveland, he had the keys to the whip. As soon as we say, as soon as he got there, but as we talked about, which is the difference between Dame and Steph, soon as soon as Dame got there, it's yours. Even and he got the keys to where they needed him to take that team to the playoffs some more. Brandon Roy was coming off injury, he wasn't the same. You know, they got Lamarcus Aldridge, so they're trying to win something in the middle. But he's by himself. He's the only guard there. It ain't the same. Steph comes into an organization with different kids, different players. I mean, the Golden State Warriors, don't get me wrong, one of the best teams I've ever seen before. But when when you're playing with other future Hall of Famers and the best bench in the NBA – I mean, come on, man. We've we've watched Steph Curry sit on the bench and Klay Thompson sitting next to him, and the second unit goes on a 17-3 run. That doesn't <laughs> happen with anybody else, man. Yeah. Nobody else has that luxury. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, they were so successful. You know, you got the starting five, which is tar- hard to guard, and then the bench, they come, they got bench players that come up that are, that are all-stars. Yeah. And I can't I can't say this. We don't have any bias in that opinion. This year, for me, the, the what I'm watching the most this year, and I know you are too, is Draymond and Steph. Right? Yeah. yeah. What I I don't know what Steph would look like without Clay, without that that anchor there, and, and Draymond too. So I'm looking to see what how that looks. But um, my top ten list would look a lot like this. No way I'd have Jamal Murray that high though. So I would I would go I would I would keep Kimba there at number ten. Um Kyle Lowry at number at number nine. Uh when we go to we go to eight. Mm, now we get a little tricky. When we go to eight, I'll put Because Jamal had a great man. Jamal let's, had a great. Let's oh, stop. Oh, oh, oh. You, gotta let me, you gotta let me break down. I know, man, you but let's let stop down. all the BS, man. Let me, let me We're talking down. about in terms of their age, what they did last year, and what their ceiling is. We're talking about Westbrook. Westbrook is a dog, and we respect that. But we all know he's one dimensional because he's really a two guard. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't let me finish my list. I mean, let me finish my list and then we can go through it. Yeah, let me break down my list. You know what I'm saying? I want to give it a a, a good little breakdown. So I'm going to go, you didn't even let me get there. I'm going to go seven with Russ. And only because last year was a little bit all over the place for him. Um, And then I go six. What you put you put an eight there? Eight. Yeah. All right, yo, eight with Russ, yeah. And then seven. Hmm. I'm going seven with with uh Trey Young. I'm gonna keep Trey at seven. Um, only because they didn't play the rest of these guys played really, really significant basketball. Like like high level places. And then 
you know, next space, what we got left? Um, I'm going to go Luca. Luca after that. So my 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 five through ten is um, Kimba at ten, Lowry at nine, Russ at seven, Trey at six, Luca at five, and then and then my top five. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me stop playing. Let me stop. Let me put Kyrie in the place of Luca. So put Trey up at five and Luca at four, and Kyrie right above Russ. And Luca and Luca there. So my my top three, or well, my top, and then next we're gonna go with uh, Jamal Murray. Okay. We'll put Steph. We'll put Steph there. We'll put Steph there, and then Jamal, and then Jamal Murray, and um, and then Steph and Dane. And Steph and Dane. That's definitely, yeah. yeah. You messing, man, I'm I'm gonna hit Ethan in the head with a box or something. Y'all can't see here, but it's a little it's a little slow reaction to some things. Cause our our intern over here got some things going crazy and he's messing up the stuff. I don't know what we're gonna do with this dude, but but I do give him this congrats for for finishing school. CP three right there. CP three. CP3 at number two, at number two, and Steph at number four. There we go. Yeah. I'm putting, I'm, I'm putting Steph at four because I do have, I do have a lot of respect for a back to back MVP, you know, a two time champion. And, and he has, he, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt from this. From what his resume says, I, Luca, Luca and Trey, Luca and Trey, Luca and Trey, they are really, really young, really, really young with some things, and they re, and they didn't get as far. So if they had gotten to the um, the, the Western Conference Finals, the way Jamal Murray was, Jamal Murray had to come back from down three one. So I guess they all oh, ain't done yet. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, so but we, that's what we've seen her debating this. Yeah, so if we're going, if we're going on based on your resume, what you've done, yeah, Steph is number one on my list then because he's two time MVP. He's got three chips, but we're talking about going into this year. Yes, and he's going and he's going into it with weapons and things. I think that he's going to be top four. I think that in that order. Let me rethink. Make sure you archive this so hold we can on, come on. back to this. Hold on, hold on. Let me rethink this. Going into the year. So let me take this back. I'm going to put Luca at number two. Because I think Luca's going to be on this CP, um, Dame. I think Dame's still going to be number one. I'm going to put Luca at number two. I'm going to put um, CP3 at number four. And I'm going to put uh, Trey Young at three. And I'm gonna put Steph at five. Yeah, because I think I think Luca's MVP candidate. Yeah, I think I think, sure. I think Luca's MVP candidate. So I'm gonna put him at two, and you only had him at five. So you know the reason about, why I put him but, at five. But I think Luca's number two because I'm because th- now I'm thinking of it in a perspective of what they have on around them this year right. and, and what they look like going right. into this and, year. And that's and I that's, think, that's the reason why I put Trey. One step ahead of Luca 
because they both got better supporting cast this year. Yeah. Especially if for Luca, if uh, the unicorn can be healthy. Yes. But for Trey, I put him in there just slightly ahead of Luca because Trey is used to being double teamed and having to make those tough shots. Luca ran out of gas and he's had trouble making those shots. So that's that's the only reason I put them there. But I definitely put those guys ahead of some of the older guys yeah. because their trajectory this year, True. based on last year, is a little higher. So it, going into the top ten point guard list, yeah. you got to specify what we're well, basing so, it on. So I, my difference between Trey and Luca this year, size one, right? Because all sure. else fails if 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 Luca Trey isn't. I mean, Luca isn't hitting some shots. He can get in the mid post in the block and get to, sure. get to where he want, right? And then the, the second biggest thing for me, which which changes if after it's proven, is Rick Carlisle, yep. right? Like that's a big difference. Like, <laughs> big difference. <laughs> that's that's a big difference for me. So I, I know Rick Carlisle is going to put him in the positions that going to make sure he exploits his strengths and the people around him are in their best places too. So. For my top 10, to repeat, I got Kimba at 10, Lowry at 9, Russ at 8, Kyrie at 7, Trey, um, no, what are you messing up again? Come on, man. Gosh, man. Push the button, man. Come on, man. Dang. Jamal Murray Murray at 5, or at 6, Jamal Murray at 6, Steph at 5, CP3 at 4, Trey at Three and two is Luca and one is Dame, and I, I I do think this is and I put five is having Steph at five is putting Steph there to where it's like it's the middle right yeah it's the average so what I think Steph is going to do is either either he's going to show that he is he is the capable and that MVP caliber player or he's going to show that. He's a little bit more dependent than what the media and stuff was giving him. So I think it's a it's a 50-50 space there because I don't think – because Jamal Murray only has done that one time, like only for some months. He hasn't been been that way like right, from but, the beginning. So, okay, but so let's I, talk won't, about I won't that. give him jump right. over that for that yet. Right, but I'm only going by the last time I saw these yeah. dudes, and we're talking about point guards. Anytime Steph Curry steps on the floor and he has free reign to let that thing go – He's a candidate for MVP. We're talking about point guards. We're talking about is he have we seen him run the show before? That's when we talk about point guards. We just talk about guards. He's in my top five list for sure. We're talking about point guards here running the show. And you said Jamal Murray has only done that for a series a month. He did it at the most important time. And he's a he's a puppy. Exactly. I get I get that too. But he is a puppy, but he he doesn't have two-time MVP prowess, nor does he have the benefit of the system being geared around him completely. Um, okay. So, so so that does and like you okay, said, we so, can't we can never discount what what Steve Kerr is gonna do to make sure he's in the right, spaces. So, so, but, okay. but I'm also saying that it's 50 50 how that so, goes. That's why okay. I put a mid-level. All in. right, so but I'm saying even if you do step 50 50, Jamal Murray should be on the top of that that top 50, right? In the middle spot just because of what he so. did. Not 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 over not over Steph and I mean he has some know. he has some monstrous games. Yes, but I also then when I look at Jamal too the same way I look at the combo guard right and what who we don't have on this list right now which I'm you know I feel like I'm kind of you know we got to mention Donovan Mitchell. 
He's not a point guard. Though. Right, right. But Donovan Mitchell operates in the same way as, as Jamal Murray in terms of initiating offense. He initiates a pick and roll, too. And the same way you're talking about monster numbers, he put in those, those monster not, numbers, too. And I get what you're saying. He's not combo. the pick and roll guy Jamal Murray is with um, Joker, man. It, you got the best pick and roll combo in the league. But it's because of Joker. Now, if Rudy you, was... If, but if, who's, who's making the decisions? Who's got the ball? Who's facilitating the pick and roll? But you know he, he also can rely on Joker I'm to facilitate that. that, too. So that changes the, the balance of it. Because if because Rudy Gobert... Okay, really, so basically, basically we go on off resume. No, okay, no, no, so no, let me no, ch- let me no, change my let me change mine. Then I'm gonna go Steph one. No, I'm gonna go Kyrie two. I didn't say I'm any going of that. Ky- I'm, I'm going um, Lowry three. I'm going by what they done. No, man. Don't change it for real, man. He's just talking trash. But I'm just saying that I'm not putting Jamal Murray over Steph yet. I'm not saying that because I think Steph has still gotten the best of him over all those things. But I do think that Dame, Luca, Trey, and CP3 are going to look at this list. to be more. Look at this list. When I look at this list, you talk about top 10 point guards. Yeah. I'm not just thinking about one aspect of your game. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the entire gambit of what you're supposed to do. Can you defend? Can you run the offense? Can you get a bucket? Are you a leader? It's a whole bunch of stuff. And there's a bunch of young guys on this list that are doing things super early in their careers with less talent. Yeah, I mean, so I got to give them respect for that because I know for sure with the talent they have, you put them in certain other situations where they, they're surrounded by this plethora of shooting and spacing and ball movement, they'll be just as effective. Okay. So, so I got to give them credit for that. So, so you talk about what they did. You put Jamal Murray over CP3. Now, you talk about what somebody did with the team. The CP3 was supposed to be sent to OKC to just ride away, let alone go there and make that team a playoff team, a competitive team, and put them in the space. With, and that's somebody that I got him at MVP, three. But you got Jamal Murray over and him. You know, I'm not talking about Because he was down 3 1 twice. I, I get that. So I get was, that. No, 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 no. Let's say this again for everybody to understand. They were down 3 1 twice. And in the NBA, you coming back from down 3 1 does not happen very often. You give so Jamal you Murray in, all that credit? All that credit for them coming back down 3-1 is Jamal Murray? He's a big Cause, part Because he's not the all-star on that team. He's a big He's part not of the it. best player on that team. He's a big part of it. He's a big part of it. I believe that. That's we're, true. But we talk about... i tell about, you what. Look at, go back and look at the games that he had, especially the battles he had with Mitchell. Yeah, that, that was, was big, big it time. It was crazy games. Big time. Now, you go back and look at it, you think about Joker is a monster. But he's a dependent ball player. Somebody's got to get him the ball. So let's just think about this. If, if one of these guys is not on this list, right, a top, one of these so-called top 10 guys, is Joker as effective? If, if we're not talking about these guys right here, and then let's talk about this. Let's just say Joker's playing with uh, Westbrook. Does Joker get into position the way he does with Jamal Murray with Westbrook? No, because Westbrook is a bucket first. Is Joker as effective with Kyrie Irving? 
We don't well, know that stuff. Well, do we have the does Jamal does Jamal Murray have those same uh, effective games that he has without Joker? Because we watched them play against Portland, and we watched him burn out there too. We watched him have those same things. What I'm saying is, CP3 went to an organization that lost Russell Westbrook after averaging three straight three years straight of triple doubles, to where they were just expecting to go, and they had all young guys. They had guys that you know, I don't even remember what their starting lineup was around there. That, I remember well, Stephen. But well, you're talking about an well, we're talking about CP3. We, we're talking about CP3. Exactly, a guy that we talked about is one of the greatest point guards of all time, and he's a veteran. But CP3 is not my issue. No, I'm, I'm talking about you put. I said you and your list. You put. Jamal Murray above CP3. One slot. You know why? And I, and I mentioned it. Yeah. I mentioned it. It's because of age. Because we all know CP3 goes hard. But he was burned out from early in his years because he never had a backup. He played heavy minutes. And now CP3 may come out. The Phoenix Suns are going to look great because of him. But we all know game 42, if he's playing heavy minutes, I don't wish anything bad upon him, but we know injury is a is an issue. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking about all aspects of it in terms of how are these guys going to go through the what 72 game yeah, season? Yeah. That's I'm looking at it from that. I'm not looking at it from what you did in the past. I'm not looking at it from just what you did in the playoffs. I'm looking at everything: your age, the, the team around you, how you're uh, featured. I'm looking at all that stuff. So you ask my opinion. I no. gave you mine, and top, then I got yours. Top 10, though, because all these guys are playoff guys, right? True, true. So what makes you top 10 is what that playoff performance is going to be like. Right. What I'm saying is is what CP3 was able to do with them in the playoffs was with far less talent, I think that shows more of his prowess above. So, I mean, we'll see where that goes. I think our only difference was where we placed Jamal Murray, really. I mean, but I'm just saying, saying it's, and then, I'm saying I had him two, CB three, three. Yeah. You got Jamal all the way down at five. five got, on his step. I got I got Jamal Murray behind Dame, because I think Dame gets the better of him. I mean, Luka, but you got Trey. And CP3. You got Trey over Jamal. And I'm like, well, Trey, I mean, what? And Trey is my guy. Trey, Trey don't have a joker. On, Trey man. don't have a nothing. <laughs> Come on, man. Trey don't have a nothing putting up 42s and 16s. In the, he and, ain't in the West. And 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 I'm saying he ain't what, in the West. It don't matter. But he still got but he still played a tougher position in the league. I this, I'm not this, saying this, that. This 10 guards, and we don't have Drew Holiday or none of them up I'm there. Not saying that, so and he don't have no coach. He don't have nobody like um you know, no vets around him with that. So all I'm saying is going into the year, I expect Dame Luca and Trey to be the top three point guards in the league. Yeah. But that's 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 good money though. But you know, we'll we'll come back to all of those things in the new year. We'll revisit that. We'll have Ethan bookmark all this stuff and come back and see. Push that. the button, man. Yeah, yeah. See if he get right. But but what's important here? Because you talk about um, Jamal Murray and Joker, and them in the pick and roll is as a basketball enthusiast and a basketball lover, it's beautiful. Like watching them work in and out the pick and roll is beautiful. But I think beyond just their skill set, the most important thing that we see there is chemistry. Right. Right. That that's what takes a team above and beyond. But let's I, I think that's what's missed out when we talk about all them trades with Harden, 
and anybody else going somewhere. Like, you can't just throw a guy who go on the jet anytime he want in the middle of a team where you got a couple guys who ain't, who ain't living in that life. They can't really, you know, function that way. They might got two or three baby moms struggling with some stuff. Like, they can't live that freely. And they just watching you while out and not care. You talk about chemistry. Like, that's the difference in a championship team, right? Yeah. I mean, especially on the pro level, because even though you may not be moving – the same way uh, a top player like James Harden's movie, you're still a millionaire. Mm. You know, even if you're not a millionaire, you're still doing well for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have a certain pride about how you approach everything because if you don't approach everything with, in the manner that I need to be all in, then you probably wouldn't have made it as far as you made it. Right. Because we all know it's very few people who are uh, – lucky enough to get the types of contracts that a guy like James Harden has had. So it's a, it's a bad influence on other players on the team because we all know everybody, especially in basketball, has a certain ego that if James Harden can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And even though he's coming back and James Harden may drop 50, guys are going to feel a certain kind of way. We all saw that with the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, I was just about to bring that up. You know, yeah. um, you know those guys were career role players, but – they had a, they had achieved a certain level of accomplishment without the two new stars coming mm-hmm. to town. And so that changed the whole dynamic of the locker room. And chemistry is synonymous with locker room in the NBA. It's the same thing. You know, on the court, it's a little more of a controlled environment in terms of practice, somewhat the game, because coach can take you out the game. But that locker room... If you guys don't get along, don't like each other. And, you know, you hear this saying before that you don't have to like each other to win. It's very rare. If you don't like each other and you win, that means each one of you in your own right are great. Kobe and Shaq. Kobe, Shaq. Chicago Bulls. Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan, as we all saw, completely different characters. Yes. But they were great in their own right, so it worked. You know what's was was common about both of those situations? What? Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Phil. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but that's your coach, right? Phil, hey, right, right. That's your coach. That's your coach, man. So chemistry is important, and um, I, I just don't know where James Harden would land and have instant chemistry with somebody because mm-hmm. as a veteran player a prime time player with a huge contract, um, a lot of uh, individual accolades, him coming in, is he going to have the voice that captures all of the younger players? Mm. Or does he even want to have it? Correct. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's talk about chemistry, even if it's on the grassroots levels. That comes with a a certain level of uh, trust, and you know what I'm saying? Like understanding with your teammates and you having a certain level of camaraderie, right? It has to be built somehow, some way. I don't know, I don't know how that's built over the pro level, right? Like you get you can kind of speak to how that's built on, you know, youth, high school, college teams, right? On the pro level, is it's it's really no different except the the links that you take. Everything, whether it's high school, college, professional level, relationships, it's time. 
you got to spend time with each other and get to know each other. You know, there's, there's no way that, you know, two individuals can be on a team for multiple years and not at least get to know a little bit about each other. You just have to, because you got to know what makes a person tick. And outside of the X's and O's and knowing your position and knowing your strengths, your weaknesses, your tendencies, and you knowing mine, we got to find something that we have in common and have some type of bond with it because there's going to be some tough times ahead at some point in time in the playoffs, um, in the media, off the court, um, legal issues, whatever. And you're going to need your teammates to lean on and, and they have to lean on you. And if you guys don't have um, any type of connection, what are you going to draw on? I was, do you know, can you think back on on the moments that you had when you were like, man, team chemistry might have been a difference here? Because now, now that I sit, especially now sitting back and looking at it, like little things like watching, um, and it was little indicators that I knew my team was locked in. Even in college, like with my, my my roommates, my junior year, we were the four best players on the team. And we always spent time together. We could party together, whatever. Like something happened at a party late night and they knew I wasn't going out. They could call me at 2 a.m. and they knew I was going to come pick them up and stuff. But on the court, let's say we got in a little scuffle. I turn around, my whole team right behind me, you know? Or we go out somewhere and we're sitting around chilling. We making sure that everybody good. Like right. We making sure everybody getting home on time. Right. We making sure everybody's safe. We making sure there's no problems with anything like that. And we can feel that going in on the court. Because I didn't have to think twice about what was going to happen behind me while I was playing defense. Because right. I know so-and-so had that locked down. And he made sure I was going to be good. You know? Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. Even if you genuinely don't like somebody, yeah, you're going to... You're going to take pride in the organization you play for. Mm -hmm. And you're going to say, this ain't happening on my watch. Mm -hmm. Whether I like him or not, I got his back. He may be dead wrong, mm -hmm. but I got his back. Yeah. Because it's, it's all of us together. Or it's got to be something, like I said, that you know about this person personally. Like, for example, you're in a game and one of your teammates is just He's wilding out after a bad call. Well, you may be the lone person that knows what's going on in this player's life outside of basketball that's making him blow up like that. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to step up and say, you know, I got this and, you know, and help him as much as you can and be understanding because, you know, it's a legitimate situation. Right. And so, again, so that's why it's so important to have chemistry. You know, and people that say, again, if, if you don't need chemistry because you're professionals, you got to play, it doesn't happen too often where you can just overcome any obstacle. And then that's why we mentioned your Lakers, LeBron. Every team he's been on, they always talk about him being one of the best teammates they ever had. True. True. That vibe is just different. And, and those things aren't just basketball specific. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're not going to have an enjoyable experience building a business, teaching in a school, working with anybody, unless there's some type of chemistry to where you can enjoy being around the people that you're with 
or that you know when you're on a bad day that they can lift you up a little bit and carry you because they know you're not having a bad day because you're lazy. But you're having a bad day because it's tough. It's life. You know, you know, it's just the way it goes. So it's like, you know, I'm going to be there to pick you up. We're going to do this together. And when you get back on top, you know, we're just going to keep on moving like we were supposed to. So, and, and you know, that's also what I heard about Russ. You know, the media gives a, a big thing about Russ being this and that, but everybody that I've ever seen make a statement publicly about Russ or behind positive. those, positive, extremely positive. Even the staff that work at the stadiums, right? Mm-hmm. And all those little things go into chemistry. The trainers, people that work in the lunchrooms, people that yeah. do anything for you, all that stuff is connected. That stuff is important. Um, you know, I... I think I appreciate what you always did, you and Coach King, I mean, Coach Thomas, and even with, you know, to a certain extent, other coaches, when you made sure that we had outings together. Like, we made sure that we chilled. Of course, even at high school, a lot of us grew up together anyway, but um, in college, our, our coach made sure that we came over to his place and we, his, you know, Regina, we love Regina, his wife. The only reason I went to EME was because of her. I tell him all the time, I said, his wife, was the one saving grace. She was the one who let us know. It's like, okay, this is going to be the mom away from camp, away from home. But when we got to go over there and she bake and we all get to talk, watch, watch football on his flat screens, watch basketball. And all of us there joking on coach, mm-hmm. joking on each other. Just give you a different space to play in, right. you know? And like you said, when you are hard on a player, it's okay because they knows that off the court, you got his back. Yep. All right. So I remember those paintball moments. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. Really, I'm waiting so I can get Ethan back. I think I, I Ethan looked like an e gamer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get him in this space. See if he can roll around in the dust. Right. For sure. <laughs> for sure. That's not bad. But um, you know, for for this to be the end of the week, we went heavy on that top ten PG list. Make sure you don't forget that because we're gonna come back to that one. So. Lock that in. We're gonna check uh, their progress midseason. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna come back to that one for sure. But um, I think that chemistry point was a good one to end it on. Um, man, like shout out to us for getting through it. You know, I'll probably say this some three, four more times in the next two episodes that come out. Um, yeah. we will have uh, we will have what we call the, the holiday pack coming out because, of course, um. Coach and I are going to need a bit of a break ourselves, but we have a a couple episodes coming out that'll give you a nice, you know, a nice little thing to listen to over your breaks, over your winter breaks as you're with family in between time. I know some of you don't want to listen to family at times. So we'll have a little holiday pack coming out after this two episodes or some more to carry on to the new year. Um, Remember that if you are in the UAE, you can find us at Hoop Mountain. DXB on Instagram, um, whomountain.ae. If you want to sign up, sign your kids up, tell your friends, anything, uh, anything basketball related that you can think of, we can help you with. Um, the podcast is at bridging the gap underscore. Um, follow us on YouTube. Um, the links are in our bio, as they say, was where you can listen to us at. Um, but we got our post game wrap up here. What you got for me, big dog? Well, it's more of a question, somewhat. It's, it's you know, we're always doing a check in, and you always need that to to start the podcast off. But let's talk about 
your plant situation. Yes, you yes. Know, you you bought some plants early on, and and now we you know at the um, the egging on of uh, Ethan. Yeah. And we want to know how your plants are doing. Yeah, we're about a three month mark. Um, let's start. I got I got two snake plants. Uh, I got a I got a Dracaena fragrance, um, and I have an aloe vera plant. So the aloe vera came in very handy this week with the uh, the heat. <laughs> I didn't tan, I didn't I didn't do sun cream like I was supposed to. So I've been using my aloe vera, but she's strong. She's going well. You know, my snake plants are doing really well too. So um, what is a snake plant? Explain um, that to me. A snake plant. Well, first of all, I got two. I got indoor plants that are fairly low maintenance, right? They don't need much as far as sun and water. Only got to water at one time. I'm still learning this game. You know, I'm still learning this game. So, you know, Coach, this this lets you know, Coach hasn't come down to see me in my apartment and he lives three floors down, but um, three floors up. But this snake plant is cool. You know, it, it's, it's a nice scenery. It's a good air filtering plant. Um, doesn't need much water and stuff. Um, it, it gives me a nice little blend of like a a, or a green, yellow, nice long tips. It's cool. You know, I put it next so, to the TV. And I still want to project. I don't have the TV yet. So, so you it's have, been solid. So you have like four or five different plants. I got, I, well, I got three different plants, but I got two snake plants. Okay. Those are in the living room. So, but my, my Dracaena, she's, she's giving me some trouble. She's giving me some trouble. Um, I think I'm trying to figure out with her because I don't know what she needs different lighting and things of that nature, but she's still alive and kicking. She's still alive and kicking. You might got to check back in that while we six. Uh, okay. But everything else, wanted, everything else solid though. Okay. I just wanted to make everything sure everybody solid, knew that you had, you know, all of these plants and these new <laughs> names and you, and you named them and things like that. No, no, no. It's Coach, Ryan, Coach Ryan is a pretty, pretty, Macho guy, <laughs> even though he wears super super tight skinny jeans. Wow, he still walks around. That's an assassination character. Great posture, shoulders back, and everything, head up. You know, he's a tough guy. Whoa, but he's, he, he's coming home to multiple plants every day. Super okay. skinny jeans. Now, one person that listens to this is going to believe that because they know it's a lot. It's okay though. I, I forgot you're used to that that full hair. Listen, man. If I can, if I can see. If I can see the face on your Emirates ID card, Coach, jeans are too tight. That's disrespect. You talk about assassinating character. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't name my plant, my plant Dracaena. That's the name of the plant. It's a, it's a Dracaena fragrance. Oh, okay. Okay, I learned something. Yo, here. listen, I don't even, I, you know how long it took me to pronounce it right? <laughs> when I went, can I was you, calling it, uh, um, um, what's it called? Drag uh, dragons. Can you spell it? D R A C A E. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's going solid, but we're gonna have to check in on a Dracaena later this later in the year, though. Um, but the snake plants and the aloe vera are doing doing great. Aloe vera came in handy. I gotta get a succulent plant for my uh, for my my uh, my library, my my book stand okay. next to my desk. But you know, I'm I'm feeling homey. I feel you. You know, I'm gonna throw up my pictures and stuff in there. You know. How about your dry cranberries and cheese? You doing all right over there? <laughs> Haven't had any lately. This week was rough. You know, this uh, this was a week where you come home, get a shower, yeah, uh, do some work, a hot and, uh, shower, get something, too. get something quick to eat, and take it in. With a hot shower, yeah. you playing the dust. Sure. But let's let's wrap it up, OG. Let's what, what you got for your your post game wrap up, man. Um, just something we we kind of talked about with the campers all week. 
you know, as you guys know, we are Hoop Mountain basketball and, and anything basketball related, we dive deep into. But we offered an all sports camp this week just because the weather's beautiful. Um, we had a bunch of kids that, uh, you know, were still struggling from the COVID-19 situation in terms of lack of socialization. And we wanted to get those guys outside and get a chance to experience new games, um, make new friends and just have a good time and be active. And so one of the things that we talked about all week was, you know, we asked the kids, were there any games that you felt uncomfortable with or any games that you feel that you were, how can I say, below average in? And we talked about what could you do to bring yourself up to an average level where you feel a little more confident, a little more comfortable. And by most of them saying, work on those things work on every aspect of those games that we were in introducing them to. And so we related that to basketball because this is something we say in all of our practices that when we're in practice for one hour, there is not enough time for us to give you individual time in terms of just catering to your needs. We can give you the basis of what you need and you take that and you go home and you practice that on your own and you come back the next time and then we can add a piece to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, no, I always started like that for me. I got to get it together. Selfish. Just just for everybody else that's out there. Coach and I are not um, not broadcasters. <laughs> We're not radio guys. We're winging it. We're figuring it out. So if we do some repetitive things, you know, just, just rock with us. We're going to get through it. Um, but – Based on, and I guess I get this reflection too, based on camp and some other things. Um, last, I think I've talked about currencies, different type of currencies. This one, I'll say knowledge is currency. Um, don't let the fact that, that that you don't know something in the moment or that you've never heard of something um, be a burden to you moving to a new space, introducing yourself to something new, broadening your horizon somewhere. Um, because this world around us has been around a long time. There's a lot of questions and a lot of things that none of us have seen before. There's always going to be something new. Well, embrace those new things and take the time to learn it, engage with it, sit with it, do your own type of research, see how it applies to you, and use that knowledge to create your own perspective. All right. So don't don't take a moment where you don't understand a game, where you where you you've encountered a situation where you're not familiar with and you don't know where to find the, the resources at, don't take it for a moment. To, don't let it be a moment where it blocks you from keep going forward, right? Take some time, look at it, assess it, recognize that everybody has something that they need to learn and just, you know, let that be the energy that pushes you to find something new. So, you know, keep learning, keep pushing, and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, that's a wrap for us here, Bridging the Gap Podcast, episode nine. Um, salute. <laughs> and as our guy Luke would say, 